Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. This is Lauren Lester, the voice of Robin and Nightwing. And you're listening to the DCAU Review. Hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming at DCAUReview.com. And on your favorite podcast app. Gotham City is out of control. An entire city screaming in fear. Super villains walk the streets preying on the innocent. They will learn the true nature of harm. The police are powerless. A creature prowls this urban wasteland. Is that? He moves in darkness. For some, he is a rumor, a name whispered in the corridors of the underworld, waiting for the chance to strike. Let every criminal know the acid taste of fear. You crazy? Gotham has forgotten what justice means. The Dark Knight is here to remind them. Batman. Good guys wear black. Welcome, everybody, to episode 227 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your two hosts, Cal, with me, our other host, the man that runs our Twitter account. It's my good brother. It's Liam. Liam, we are continuing in our 30th anniversary celebration of Batman Animated Series all month long. And of course, that means we are continuing this week with uh, with another episode of the amazing Batman the Animated Series. Absolutely. And uh, as talked about last week, we uh, have ventured into the quote unquote second season of, uh, of Batman the Animated Series. Uh, as uh, Yeah, there was an initial episode order from Fox for 65 episodes and then we have now hit the 66th episode, so we're into the the latter half or latter third, I guess, of this uh, uh, of this uh, of this series here, and kind of halfway through. We I think we had we kind of misspoke last week. It's kind of halfway through this last 20 episodes right. that we make the switch over to Adventures of Batman and Robin. So that it was still technically Batman the Animated Series at this point, as uh, as folks will know if they uh, if they follow our social media. We actually put up a a really neat little Fox promo that aired on the, the local affiliates uh, advertising this episode back in the day. So still technically Batman, the animated series, but we are for sure heading, uh, heading towards those later episodes where the, uh, the show would end up getting renamed. 
yeah, definitely misspoke on that. Got too excited about the adventures of Batman and Robin, but it's still on the horizon. So ne- never fear if you are if you are anxiously awaiting the adventures of Batman and Robin. But uh, yeah, this one is an interesting episode, Liam. We did mention last week. I do remember having this one uh, recorded on VHS, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so definitely in heavy rotation as a uh, as a youngster. Uh, this was one that we could go back to and watch uh, over and over again. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see uh, how that uh, familiarity with this episode pans out for the both of us as we uh, go through our review this week. But of course, before we get into our review for this week's episode, which of course, I think you said is called Sideshow, uh, this episode originally aired back on May the 3rd, 1994. Uh, so we uh, we jumped a year ahead there uh, from where we were last year or last week. So we are uh, we means we just celebrated the uh, the 28 year anniversary of this episode's debut uh, a few short months ago. And of course, uh, before we get into our four categories and breaking down of our review, we of course are going to get to the official IMDb plot synopsis brought to you by the Pod Tower. Head over to youtube.com slash the pod tower to check out our full catalog of episodes. Every single, every prior 65 episodes, all 65 of those that we reviewed uh, from season one of Batman, the animated series, along with many, 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 many other episodes throughout the DCU, <laughs> of course, and uh, bonus episodes, all of that. Our full catalog is available at youtube.com slash the pod tower. Head over there and subscribe today. And not only do you get great content from us, but you get some content from other DCAU content creators that do an amazing job talking about this uh, this very show and all the other shows in the DCAU. That's right, Cal. So this is the synopsis for Sideshow, which was written by Michael Reeves and Brian Stevens uh, based on Detective Comics number 410 by uh, Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams, uh, directed by Boyd Kirkland with uh, music by Michael McQuistian and another animation pairing this week of Dong Yang with Spectrum on layout duties. And that synopsis reads as such. Killer Croc escapes a prison train and finds refuge with a group of former circus freaks living in the mountains who take pity on him. Hmm. Okay. Uh, who take pity on him okay that's it's, they've ended not needed yeah not not necessarily adding the word count yep yep you can uh you can draw that red line right through there say this is added unnecessary but uh i i suppose that is a a decent synopsis liam as we uh we get into our synopsis here as we kick off the episode we uh we are following a uh a train and we uh we learn through some exposition and uh and some some narration from some of the characters in the scene that killer croc is being shipped off from uh from gotham city to upstate whatever state it is new york or whatever state gotham is in and headed up north uh, via train uh, through the exposition and actually some newspaper or a newspaper headline that the uh, the guard that is watching him on this train uh, we learn that uh, he's been convicted and uh, he has been found uh, guilty and uh, no longer considered insane so he's been removed from arkham asylum Don't bother trying, Croc. Those cups are stacked polycarbon alloy. Not even you can break them. 
after they finally declared old Croc sane and responsible for his crimes. Took him long enough. I hear they're giving him his own cell block upstate. Your tax dollars at work. Oh, wake me if he busts out. That'd be a story. You know, there's something the brains back at the joint didn't think about. Yeah, what's that? Crocodile's got the strongest jaws of any animal around. Get back! Did you hear that? Oh, man, did he get loose? I'm not going there that So... Uh, he's found culpable, culpable justice at, at at work here, I guess. So, uh, and uh, so we uh, we notice a couple of reporters who are who are talking about this and, ta- and sort of laughing and joking. And we cut back to Killer Croc, who is standing there chained up, and he begins chatting with his guard, mentioning that while they have his hands and ankles chained together, uh, that uh, they did not consider one thing, and that is that that crocodiles have the strongest jaws amongst all animals which i don't know did we check that scientifically is that is that accurate or is that just a line that they that they used here i don't know somebody tweet us at dcau review and let us know if crocodiles do indeed have the strongest jaws of all animals but we learned that uh they're strong enough to bite through his own uh his own chains here and we, uh, we get a bit of a scuffle between him and some of the guards and even the guards behind him that uh, have some have a uh, have a gun ready to uh, to shoot a, uh, a dart that has some sort of sedative in it to hopefully uh, sedate killer croc but uh croc just sort of brushes it off and continues his melee through the through the train but uh we notice that one of the reporters that was sitting in the train begins to slip away from the action and he opens his chest very 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 much an homage to uh to to superman here as he rips open his shirt and uh he was wearing that uh that clark kent colored uh suit that light blue colored suit but uh he w- did have a mustache so uh we we reveal batman was on board the whole time and as killer croc begins uh considering his escape uh leading to the the roof of the train batman is there to meet him and we get our first little interaction uh between them as there's a scuffle on the top of the train. Batman! Come on, can't you do any better than that? You want a piece of me? Think you can take the champ? You're pumped full of sedative, Croc. You won't get far. Farther than you. has challenged Batman to come take him on and uh, they do a little callback reminding you that Killer Croc was once a a wrestling champion Uh, as he says Mm -hmm. do you think that you can take the champ and 
Batman uh, doesn't verbalize it, but clearly believes that he can. And there's additional fisticuffs that happen. And uh, as Croc, uh, Croc continues to uh, attack Batman, Batman reminds him that he's got sedative pumping through his veins and that he's likely going to pass out before he can get very far. But this does not stop Croc from it continuing his assault on Batman. And uh, this leads to them both tumbling off of the train and down into the forest below, uh, not before hitting several trees on their way down, which I guess slowed their fall. I don't know. Uh, but mm. they, they land rather, rather suddenly and uh, roughly on the ground. And uh, Croc at that point uh, decides that, he thinks at this point, this should be the end of, uh, of the Dark Knight. <laughs> That's right. So uh, it, it would be pointed out here across this battle, even though, as we've established, uh, when we reviewed Almost Got Him uh, several years ago now, with uh, best friend of the show, Monica Kobina, in fact, uh, we, uh, we noted that it was Batman, of course, in disguise as Killer Croc in that episode when he tells mm-hmm. the... The very famous story, one of the more famous clips probably from this show of uh, I threw a rock at him. And that is, in fact, what Croc tries to do in this fight (laughs) two times. (laughs) First, he tries to squish him with a rock while Batman's unconscious. And but unfortunately, he uh, he begins to sort of have his his vision begins to cloud and he drops the rock and, and actually falls backwards off the cliff himself as his footing gives way. And uh, and he he wakes up a little bit later and he's uh, he's on the run here and we kind of get like a little little like the fugitive or something going on here as, as as Batman comes to and we will see Croc run through it. We'll talk more about this in visuals, but Croc sort of running through the forest, you know, cutting through a, a creek or a river and then crossing uh, crossing through the woods. He loses part of his uh, his prison uniform and he's on the run. Batman sort of hot on his trail, following his footprints and the, the articles of clothing he's finding. Finally, as, as Croc kind of comes to a, a big cliff, he, he notices a large tree that he's able to push over and, uh, and, and he's able to sort of create his own bridge. And he, he crosses there. And as he's, uh, as he's making his way across, he notices that Batman's hot on his trail and he once again throws a throws a rock at him and uh, in fact it's actually pretty pretty successful here as he knocks the tree and batman down into the uh, down seemingly falling to his doom batman's able to save himself and is sort of trapped below on on the cliffs however and that gives bat and that gives croc a little bit of time to get away however as the uh, the the sedative is still sort of coursing through his veins croc does uh, does make it to a, a clearing and a ravine, but as he sort of, uh, as he begins to fade out, we see a, a strange looking young man sort of watching off in the distance. And, and we see uh, as, as Croc comes to, he is introduced to a, a whole cast of colorful characters, uh, those being former circus folk who have uh, come to, uh, to this sort of a very remote area and, and bought themselves a little farm just so they can uh, be free from the uh, the prying eyes of the public. Ah, now, that's better, isn't it? Sorry, we haven't been introduced. Richard, at your service. Like Richard III, I too am rudely stamped. You have to forgive our dramatic friend. He's nuts about Shakespeare. These two silver nymphs are May and June. Pleased to meet you. Ditto. And you've met Billy. 
You're the one that pulled me out of the drink, ain't you? I owe you. And I'm Goliath. I helped haul you in. So I'll buy you a medal. <laughs> no need to be shy. We're all family here. It, it must have been fate that led you to us. Yeah? What's a freak show doing in the middle of nowhere? You're one to talk lizard lips. June, he's a guest. Our circus days are over. We used the money we earned to buy this farm so we could live in peace. This is a sanctuary. Not only for us, but for all our kind. If you're willing to join in the work, you too are welcome here. Is that a fact? And uh, Croc is not quite sure what to make of this uh, scenario. As he comes to, he meets uh, Billy the Seal Boy. He meets May and June, which are a pair of conjoined twins. We have Richard, who's sort of a sort of a diminutive man with uh, looks looks to have a hunch on his back. And then, of course, we have the uh, the large the large man, the strong man Goliath as well. So. Uh, whole cast of uh, classic sort of circus circus sideshow characters as uh, as croc is now trying to figure out exactly what he can do to uh, to stay away from batman who he knows is still on his trail yeah uh, one of the things we'll talk about once we get into our actual score here but that whole period of time from the time that they fall off the train to the time where they uh, where croc is saved from the water and comes to there is two words of dialogue during that entire in, entire sequence it's five i timed it out it's like five and a half minutes or so of uh of, of no dialogue in the episode very interesting choice that we'll talk mm -hmm. about here shortly but yes as he comes to uh and is introduced to all of these folks we uh we learn a little bit about them how they how they got there how they came to be if you will they uh they apparently have retired from the circus and have bought this farm as you mentioned and they uh they they're there to welcome croc with open arms and uh he sees his opportunity to perhaps find some allies in his uh in his uh, his attempt to stay away from the authorities and tells a rather fanciful tale about he too was once a a uh, a circus freak as he says and that he was chained up and that they fed him fish heads and stale bread and that he had attempted to escape at one point but then they chained him up when they caught him and beat him up and uh, he was just barely able to make his escape this time so he's uh, he's clearly garnered sympathy from the entire cast here, and uh, they very much uh, welcome him and, and agree to take him in and give him a, a home. And uh, as long as he's willing to to contribute to the work on the farm, uh, that they they're going to allow him and uh, any other future uh, people like them to uh, to to be welcomed there on their uh, sanctuary, so to speak. So we get uh, we get a scene where Croc does show that he's willing to put in some work and he's sort of begrudgingly helping move a tractor out of some mud. And it's very, very quickly obvious that the Billy the Seal boy is uh, is very fond of Croc and is excited to have him there and is looking to sort of befriend him. And uh, Croc can't can't do any better. He's just he's just can't can't help himself. He's just he is who he is. He's a grouchy. Uh, man who has no no desire to befriend <laughs> Billy and is seemingly very standoffish to not only Billy but everybody else there and even as they're having a meal and Billy talks about how excited he is about their opportunity to go swimming together the next day Croc plays it off and 
Uh, he talks about how he left his swimming trunks at home, which which prompts Richard, who is seemingly the de facto leader of the group, to uh, to mention that yes, they uh, have to go uh, get some additional clothes for Croc, and that uh, they have some money left over from the uh, from their circus days that uh, can purchase some of those clothes. To which Goliath spills that uh, is in fact a nest egg of fifty thousand dollars. And uh, right, right after this, uh, Croc nearly chokes on his food uh, before spitting out. Uh, wow, that's a lot. You could really go to town with that. And tomorrow we'll go swimming, right, Croc? Oh, there's the coolest grottos along the river. It's like another world. Yeah, sure, kid. Uh, too bad I forgot my bathing suit. That's right. Our new friend here is going to need additional raiment. Huh? He means clothes. Oh, yeah? You guys got money? Just a small nest egg left over from the purchase of this mill. Fifty thousand. Oh, thank you, Goliath. It's not something we like to broadcast. Fifty grand, eh? A guy could go to town on that. So my question is this, Liam. Who's dumber? Is it Goliath for openly spilling how much money that they have stored away? Or is it Croc who openly spilled uh, that he, wow, somebody could really go to town with that money immediately afterwards? <laughs> I guess it's Goliath and really all of these, these fine circus folk because none of them picked up on the clearly evil man. Correct. Openly yes. talking about how he could rob the rob them obviously he he sort of plays it off he tells them that the chains were because he too was a a circus act and that they had kept him locked up and and fed him terrible food and all of that and uh from there we see him in fact make his way to attempt to uh to steal this little nest egg that the uh that the circus folk have uh, made for themselves but they're right as he does once again uh, billy the uh, the seal boy is sort of there to not catch him really because he is able to play it off, but ask what he's doing and, and uh, sort of re- reaffirms to Croc that, uh, you know, he has a home here and that he doesn't, that he doesn't need to, uh, to leave or to, uh, to be concerned about anything coming after him or getting in the way of his happiness here. However, uh, right around that time, Batman re-enters the fray. We, we do have a, probably a couple brief cutaways to him, like climbing up the cliff and kind of still on the trail, but it's very minimal. It's a very making minimal quips Batman to episode. no one making quips to no one, but himself. <laughs> also, um, where's the bat plane? <laughs> <laughs> He's too far out of range. He, he couldn't get it. Okay. Couldn't get it delivered. Couldn't radio home to Alfred. Okay. All right. I guess I, no signal. Saying it. All right. Well, we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Didn't he call the bat plane from uh, the radio, the end up radioing the bat plane out in the Gotham desert at one point? I feel like that that happened. I, well, Alfred went looking for him after he disappeared for a certain right. amount of time and that's, that's was able to track him via his uh, via his uh, transponder in his car or something. So I guess I guess he didn't bring his car. <laughs> his car transponder with him on the train so maybe uh, alfred couldn't find him but but yes anyway batman is able to finally arrive at the the farmhouse and he first kind of confronts goliath and tries to calmly explain to him that uh that uh that he's that he's there to uh, arrest a bad man but of course goliath doesn't want to believe it 
and uh, sort of physically attacks Batman. And as Batman is sort of, you know, he has his hands full, certainly with Goliath. And, and then, of course, as soon as Croc runs out, he's uh, he's full bore after Batman as well. And in fact, is actually able to knock Batman unconscious. And, uh, and he and the rest of the circus folk lock him up in one of the, the cages that they have. I don't know why, if you're like trying to get away from circus life, you would bring all of these circus cages to your farm. <laughs> but uh, but they they do have all of these uh, these cages here. Luckily for them, as they uh, they lock Batman in one, and of course take the utility belt off with them. And uh, Croc is is very quickly uh, to uh, wanting to to end things and and put Batman out of his misery once and for all. However, of course the uh, the rest of the kindly circus folk aren't really aren't really down with that and and aren't uh, aren't comfortable with that. And listen to me. He's an escaped convict, a cold-blooded killer. I said shut up! What he said, it's not true, is it? You're being square with us, aren't you, Croc? Course I am. I ain't the one who attacked Big Boy in his sleep, am I? What are we gonna do? Get rid of him. What do you mean? If he gets loose, he'll bring them all down on us. No one's safe. The bat's gotta go. As uh, as Croc takes a pitchfork and is apparently gonna stab Batman to death, finally uh, Goliath and Richard and the rest of the the crew step in, and uh, once again uh, Croc, at the drop of a hat, just turns on all of his new friends and. Uh, and attacks them and ends up locking them up as well with the assistance of some uh, some knockout gas from Batman's utility belt, which he has sort of slung over his shoulder. And as uh, as Croc goes to sort of take the uh, the money and and also a gun, <laughs> he takes a I guess a hunting rifle off the wall and plans on finishing off Batman before escaping with the money. Uh, Batman and and the circus folk are kind of able to to both get out of their respective cages and uh, we're kind of setting up our, our final battle here as Croc sort of realizes he's overmatched now with both Goliath and Batman free but uh, he's able to sort of barricade himself in the house and, and ha- he has one more hunting rifle that he uh, opens fire on both Batman and Goliath and he he seemingly has them dead to rights as uh, years before it was a meme, he declares <laughs> that he has the high ground. That's right. And, and uh, the and gun the, on top of that. That's right. So, uh, so there's a, there's a little bit of like, uh, you know, like the Simpsons predict everything. That's another one in the uh, Batman, the animated series predicting something here. So. take me i got the high ground i got the gun you have uh yep you have croc with them dead to rights but uh but billy is able to alert batman that there's an underwater entrance they're able to use and uh they're able to get in there where batman can finally confront croc hand to hand and uh they have uh, quite the battle which again we'll certainly talk more about in visuals but in the end croc is sort of he's almost crushed to death by what do you <laughs> What do you call those, like water wheel? I was gonna say, yeah, it's kind of like a water paddle, or a. I think, I think they're, 
they're they're called like a paddle wheel when they're on a boat i i feel like so i mm. i don't know that sounds about right water wheel sure just call oh, it yeah, a little like little water mill thing with a big spinning wheel but he and batman croc and batman have a have a tremendous fight on this thing and uh, croc even almost drowns batman at one point but yes he ends up almost crushed underneath the wheel which is enough to uh, knock out even someone as powerful as croc and and batman sort of takes him and and takes him out of the water and saves him and as we we then cut to our final scene here is Croc is being uh, loaded into a uh, he's kind of got the Hannibal Lecter thing going on now he's got like the straight jacket with the the big leather straps on the uh, on the on the uh, kind of the hospital bed that's standing upright but then rather than uh, take him by train this time they're <laughs> they're uh, taking him out by helicopter and uh, as we as we get uh, Billy and, and the rest of the circus folk kind of looking on Billy asks Croc you know, why, why would you do this? Why would you, uh, you know, throw all of this away? We, you know, we wanted, we wanted you to be part of our family and all of this. And, and Croc sort of just reaffirms that uh, when, when Billy suggested that Croc be who he really was or be himself, well, that's just who Croc is as a person. And so we get kind of a, a somber note to end it as we see Croc uh, airlifted out of the farm and we see Batman sort of watching on as we fade to black. Okay, guys, all set. Why, Croc? Why'd you turn on us like that? We could have helped you. We could have done something. You said you can be yourself out here, remember? Well, I guess that's what I was doing. Being myself. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So uh, that does it for this synopsis on our end. So let's get into talking about our scores. Uh, as I mentioned at the top, Liam, this is one that we had seen quite a lot uh, when we were growing up. It's probably one that I hadn't revisited in quite a while for that reason, because I was so familiar with it. But I, uh, looking at it under a microscope for this week's episode, I really enjoyed this episode, to be honest. Um, I think that Croc... Uh, becomes a little bit more of a, he's not quite sympathetic in the way that Mr. Freeze is or some of the other, you know, Harvey Dent or some of the other Batman mm. villains are, but you really feel for the guy at the end there. It's a really tragic, I guess, end, ending at the end there when he, he shares that, yeah, he just, he can't help himself. It's just who he is. He feels like that's that his greed, his desire to do evil, his desire to be this killer croc uh is is too much to uh to change his ways you know he's he's set in his ways you can't teach an old dog new tricks 
or whatever cliched saying you want to say. So there's a little bit of tragedy at the end there, especially with this character, uh, Billy, who clearly was just looking for a, a friendship, a buddy to hang out with and was so excited at the prospect of hanging out with somebody else. And, uh, you know, had that innocence of a child about him that was ready to believe that this this man that he helped uh, helped out of the water was was good hearted and, and, you know, is kind of baffled at the idea that he he had had ill intentions uh, the entire time while he was there. So um, there is a bit of tragic to it. I tragedy to it. Um, I do love like I mentioned before that f- I love that they decided to take that five minute period without any dialogue at all. Like who does that in a children's cartoon? You got to have, and we'll talk about it in a second here. You got to have some amazing visuals and there's also not music playing either. It's all kind of natural sound for the majority of it. Uh, So you got to have some amazing visuals that we'll talk about in just a second here. But uh, man, I love that bold decision uh, likely by our, our director and, and perhaps, you know, our storyboard artist there to go with, the uh, the decision there of 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 a of a a, a dialogue free period of time, but um, I think that uh, this is one of the the smoothest uh, shows that we've had where you've had two different animation studios too, um, and we'll talk mm-hmm. about that in a second. But I, I think there's just there's just some great. I, I love that the story starts with Croc breaking free or in chains, and then at the end. you know, you kind of resolve everything together and you put a little bow on it and he's back in, back in custody. And, and there's a, there's a difference they've learned. Now they have him kind of in that Hannibal Lecter style helmet that he can't bite out of. And he's in a straight jacket and he's being airlifted, as you mentioned. So um, I did enjoy this episode. I I like Batman having to track him through the, the, through the forest. And um, you know, the, the idea that we all know that Croc isn't, changed that the story that he's telling is mm-hmm. not true that you have to that you're in on the secret but all of these innocent people don't know so that's a, in and of itself is also a storytelling device that i feel like works very well it's like a it's like a horror movie where you know that the people are going to be killed you know that where or where the villain is you know where freddy krueger is or you know where jason Voorhees is and you know exactly where he is but you know that the characters in the movie don't know where he is and that he's about to snap or that he's a dangerous person so it builds that tension of like when Mm-hmm. When's he going to snap? What's going to happen? And and just sort of like that dread that you feel on behalf of those characters. So I really like this episode. Um, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a decent one, especially for the amount of times that I saw it growing up. Um, I ended up giving it a, a decent score of 7 out of 10 for plot. What about you? Nice. Yeah, I gave it a 6 out of 10, so not uh, not too different there. I uh, Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think for most of the same reasons you've talked about, it's an interesting dynamic because they don't really do a lot to tell you that croc is conflicted at all like it's oh, pretty much clear he's gonna he's, he's gonna rip these people off and and uh and you know he's very willing to uh you know to to uh to stab them in the back and then to literally stab batman when he uh when he when he shows up there so you know he's he's kind of just looking for the perfect window to get to get the money and and get out of there. So it's interesting in in that sense. It's uh, you kind of I think it does build sympathy for your supporting cast who you you could have just had been kind of these wacky little colorful characters and maybe you play them for a little bit of comedy and, and that's all. But you do really feel like they're these, you know, incredibly kind and welcoming people that 
this terrible person is taking advantage of and even to the point where they're willing to you know physically attack the the person the that's uh, that's coming to to arrest him at the end of the episode so it's you the the way that he sort of manipulates them even though well it's funny because i feel like sometimes depending on the episode croc is kind of played like an oaf but then in in this episode and and in his first appearance in uh, vendetta which we reviewed quite a long time ago uh he's shown to be like quite cunning and, and manipulative of uh of uh, the people around him as well so it's interesting i think when you when you when we get these so- solo croc excursions uh-huh. He's, uh, he's shown to be, you know, quite cunning and and smart and and uh, and and very uh, very vindictive and 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 kind of thinking one step ahead. So I think that's that's a kind of a fun dynamic as well to see a character that, for the most part in comics, is either pl- played usually as a kind of a just a complete you know mindless monster or a you know kind of a comedic or oafish type of character. It's kind of fun to have him there that being the one that's kind of pulling the strings yeah i would agree i think i i think it does add a dynamic to the character you know when he's in, when he's in scenes with some of those other classic batman villains it's clear that they have a an, another level of of brilliance and and uh and uh, ability to come up with capers or things that are going to uh to to uh to try and foil batman he's not on the level of the joker he's not on a level of a of a penguin he's not on a level mm-hmm. of the riddler like he's he's on a, a lower tier when it comes to that which is why he has to use his physical presence to attempt to to fight batman in most cases um and why he thinks that you know having a gun and barreling himself or uh you know uh hold up inside a a, a barn essentially is going to be the solution to how he's going to beat batman eventually like that wasn't wasn't quite brilliant either or putting batman in a cage like that's gonna solve solve the problem um he did think though to to take batman's utility belt i'll give him that he did think before throwing him in there to to, to get that but uh yeah I, I think that uh it's it's clear he's not on the on the upper echelon of uh of intelligence when it comes to 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 super villains but he does have a a, a level of being able to take advantage of people's naivete like he does in the with the with the circus crew so uh he's evil he's he's not not a nice person and that's why he's a criminal he's professional still a professional criminal though so that's what mm-hmm. he does for his job all right Liam, let's move on to our next category which is going to be animation and visuals and as uh we mentioned at the top boyd kirkland responsible for directing this episode and uh, a pair of animation studios as we've mentioned already uh what do you think of this week's episode yeah, I think the first thing that stands out obviously is the setting. It's uh, you know we're not in in Gotham City for one single second of this episode. It's we we start on the train and then we're in the the woods and you've got these cliffs and everything. That uh, the background design I think really stood out as completely different than what we might expect from from an episode of this series. And then you know you have the the woods and then you get to this clearing and they have the farmhouse with the you know the big water wheel that's kind of constantly spinning and the 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 leftover circus uh you know, cages and you know at one point crocs sort of walking through their barn and you see all the posters for the various acts that these uh these circus folk were a part of um so i, th- I definitely think uh uh the background design and, and the overall setting of the episode is kind of the number one thing to stand out for me 
Yeah, I would agree. I think that uh, some of the animation is, is really, really beautiful. I think uh, from the get-go, as I mentioned, what is a clear homage to, to uh, the Man of Steel is, is uh, a man in a in a in a uh, in, in a uh, journalist suit runs through a, a train to reveal his costume underneath. We get uh, a nice homage to the Fleischer Superman cartoon that was uh, such an inspiration, as we've mentioned countless times, to this series. So I, I loved that. Um, I loved the uh, the fall off of the train and, and the way that that sequence was animated. There's several sort of POV shots and, and shots that of uh, falls because Batman falls at least three times. I feel like in this episode <laughs> uh, off the train, off of a uh, off of the tree as he's trying to climb through that and then uh, nearly falls off of the cliff again as he's trying to uh, to navigate his way to, to Croc. But uh, there's there's a shot uh, as they're falling after they hit the tree and then hit the ground. Uh, I love the way that they added the effect to the screen to show you that Croc was dizzy and he couldn't quite focus his vision on Batman to get a clear shot to smash him with a rock. Um, uh, Killer Croc's appearance in this episode changes a couple of times, and that was uh, a little distracting for me. Uh, there are some scenes where he has the the dark black uh, shadows sort of above his eyes and forehead, uh, or in between his eyes and forehead, and then there are other times where that is is colored uh, his his sort of skin tone, and you don't get the shadows. When he has the the shadows, his eyes look very similar to to like the Joker almost in some of those Joker episodes. So that that was a little bit distracting because he also has the yellow eyes and those big red gums uh, that show up. So it, it sort of is a similar visual in my mind. Like my mind just plays this trick on me that it's like it's the Joker. It's oh, it's not the Joker. It's it's Killer Croc. Um, but the scenes where they chose not to to animate the, or, or color in those that shadow area, I. I it was not as distracting. So there was some inconsistency with that. I, I did point, point that out, but um, I think the, the, one of the most beautiful shots is the one as there, as Batman is falling off of the tree after Croc has pushed the rock over the ledge and crushed the tree. Batman is uh, in this free fall and there are these rocks that are coming down. There's the, the tree. He shoots the grappling hook. It, it, latches on to the rock or the tree or whatever it grabs onto. And then you sort of see Batman weave his way and flip through uh, the, the debris that's falling. And it was just done really well. It actually reminded me of the, the scene in On Leather Wings where he's, uh, he's attached to Man Bat and kind of going through the construction site. It was mm -hmm. very, very similar in the way that his cape moved and the way that he, he kind of spun around and flipped through the falling damage or uh, debris. So I, I thought that was done really well. Um, I, I think that uh, that Croc, again, uh, just the way that he ran and the way that he kind of lurches forward with his arms hanging a little low, very animalistic. I uh, love that they gave him that, that look. Um, we missed uh, missed talking about Batman being a world class pole vaulter also as uh, as he <laughs> pole vaults his way up to defeat defeat Croc as the, he breaks into the barn. Incredible. But uh, yeah, of course, of course he does. Uh, but I, I thought that the fight on the water wheel, too, which, by the way, uh, Google says could be water wheel or a wheel mill, as we uh, I think we called called it both of those things. So uh, it, both of those are accurate. But uh, as the fight uh, happened on the on the the water wheel, I, I appreciated that. That was one of my favorite little fight sequences uh, from a, from a kid uh, from watching this as a kid. So 
I, you know, enjoy, still enjoy that to this day. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think overall it's a very very strong visual episode, and I think the fact that you have that entire sequence, five minutes of screen time where there's no dialogue at all and little to no music at all, you have to have some very interesting visuals. And I think that it felt very cinematic as, as Croc is running away and is, gets his shirt caught on the tree. And then you get Batman following behind and there's sort of these mirrored shots where or parallel shots where Croc runs through this little creek and you, they shoot to his foot kind of splashing through the water. And then two minutes later, you get the same shot of Batman running through the same, same river in a, in a very similar shot there um i thought that that was that was really great again a very bold decision to not have any dialogue or music in that that moment so you have to back mm -hmm. it up with some good some good visuals and i thought batman looked mostly on model it was definitely the more classic bruce tim square jaw uh shorter ears mm -hmm. look that uh, that we're used to so uh, for all those reasons liam i ended up giving animation and visuals a very very strong eight out of 10. What about you? Nice. Uh, I actually gave it the exact same score of eight out of 10. I think, yeah, I think it's just really, really fun. Um, like I said, just a unique environment. There's a, I think my favorite bit of that whole chase scene, which is, as you said, the whole thing is tremendous, but uh, the bit where definitely where, where Croc is running and you see his reflection in the stream and then it's, and then he steps in it. And so the, you know, the, you see the ripples in the water and, and his, and the, the, the image sort of dissipates and he runs off and then you cut back and you see bet and you see the same thing where with Batman sort of hot on his trail where we see Batman's reflection in the water and then he steps in it and, and the, uh, the image dissipates. I thought that was such a cool thing and uh, such, I'm sure it was very technically difficult to pull off in animation, but uh, they pulled it off really well there. And then, yeah, there's uh, that, that sequence, that farmhouse sequence at the end of the episode uh, is a pretty unique and fun place for a, for a final battle. It's definitely one of those things that like you, it makes sense that this was based on a comic from the seventies <laughs> because right. Bat Batman fighting a villain in a farmhouse is like a really strange thing <laughs> on paper, uh -huh. but the, the way the story, the way, the way they laid out the story as, as we kind of talked about, like, it's, you know, the outlaws on the run from the sheriff and makes it to the, you know, to a nearby town and is laying low or whatever. I think it kind of, it kind of fits the vibe that this whole episode has. So uh, and I think visually that uh, that adds to it, and that that final sequence there, where where Batman's sort of in the water, and and then Croc sort of jumps out and pulls him under, and and they're fighting under the water, and, and then Batman grabs hold hold of the wheel, and and then you sort of just see the wheel keep moving, and then all of a sudden you see Croc's hands grab onto the wheel as well, and he comes out of the water at the end. Yeah, just some some really fantastic stuff from uh, from start to finish here, and just a really really unique uh setting for for an episode so uh, a lot of fun stuff to be had there absolutely reflected in both of our scores all right liam let's move on to our next category which is going to be music of course and uh, at the top you mentioned michael mcquistian responsible for this week's soundtrack uh, so uh what did you think of music um we already mentioned there is a significant portion of a 22 minute cartoon that did not have uh, have any music for the most part but there were some other uh, some other spots and notable moments uh, when it came to the music for this week 
Yeah, I think the the music at the start when when Batman and Croc are on top of the train, I noted. Uh, I think there's some some pretty effective horn use in that in that sequence, and uh, there's some good uh, dramatic tension there as they're uh, they're sort of grappling and wrestling on on top of the uh, on top of the train. I think that sequence is very fun, and then as uh, as Croc kind of stumbles and falls backwards right before that sequence that you talked about starts you kind of get the the big dramatic crescendo there and uh you know of course you get the the Batman theme brought in quite a few times as well and and uh yeah the the only other music I really had a note for was uh there there is some pretty good I thought uh, kind of exciting it, it keeps the pace and the pace sort of quickens as the action heats up in that in that final bit which I appreciated as well um, but yeah, nothing, uh, nothing too, uh, too uh, memorable as far as like a, a classic track laid down. But uh, I think it does good as far as, you know, playing in service of the, uh, of the episode. And uh, I ended up settling on a six out of 10 for my music score. Yeah, I, uh, I gave it the same exact score. I think uh, the Batman, the Bat- Shirley Walker Batman theme plays as Batman falls off the cliff. And then uh, again, at the end, as we kind of sign off and have Batman standing and uh, we kind of get uh, the look, a look at him with his cape flowing in the wind as he watches the helicopter fly away or maybe the helicopter flies above him. But uh, yeah, yeah, there, the only other notes I, I had, there was uh, some music that played as Batman is uh, in the cage and figures out how he's going to escape. And as, as the cage sort of starts rolling down the hill and hits this bump and then breaks on the, uh, breaks on the rocks below by the way batman very lucky because if that cage goes into that water and it doesn't break the wooden wooden <laughs> thing he's just in a cage underwater he's he's dead he's a dead man very lucky guy nope. <laughs> um but yeah I, I thought that uh i thought that that was good i i think that batman jumping off the wheel at the end as he sort of outsmarts croc uh, and croc stands there and kind of gets stuck in the wheel uh, ultimately defeating him i thought uh i thought that the music little punctuation there that they had for that was was pretty strong and then um i think i think overall though as you mentioned there wasn't wasn't a lot asked of the music this week because you had such a significant portion of it that kind of played in silence and they're they're on this farm and um i think the initial scene where where croc wakes up and is in the in the uh, the barn and they're looking around at all the circus uh, paraphernalia and all that there's a there's a, some light strings that play there that sort of set the tone for that scene as a sort of a peaceful uh, refuge for him to be in but yeah uh, there's not quite a, a killer croc hummable theme like there is with a lot of the other rogues gallery so uh nothing that i felt was too strong and uh i think that's uh but you know nothing nothing terrible of course it's a batman the animated series episode so of course there's some some great memorable musical moments uh for the entire episode all right liam let's move on to our next category which is going to be voice acting our final category of the day actually and uh we have uh, quite a large cast with uh with such a large supporting cast couple of names I know that we'll recognize in there. Let's talk about this week's voice cast. Absolutely. So uh, well, you're really only our, our one main actor this week, but we have a, we have a playing the part of May and June. The, the twins is uh, Joe Beth Williams, who folks would probably know best from the Poltergeist movies oh, okay. um, and, uh, and uh, several other kind of smaller uh, and, and television and film roles, but those are probably the, 
the biggest the biggest name movies that she was uh, kind of had a starring role in. It's it's kind of fun because even though she's doing both voices, they kind of have like they they do enough to show, and that kind of goes back to what we were talking about in plot, where they they give you enough of both of of them speaking, where you feel like there's a little bit of a, a difference in the personalities and Certainly. and the way they speak, and one of them's more sarcastic, and and the other one's more uh, thoughtful and and sweet. So it's it's kind of fun. She gets to do she gets to play with that, even though it's not the it's certainly not the biggest part in the episode. I think she does a a nice job there. Yeah, she's uh, again. There's not a whole lot that's asked, but I do appreciate her little interaction with uh, with Croc at the beginning, and then uh, there's there's some back and forth between. Uh, the more sarcastic one that uh, that notates that after Croc calls them all freaks, she notates that uh, he doesn't have much room to talk. So I thought that was pretty witty. And then uh, at the end where they're appealing to Croc uh, to to consider that even though Batman, uh, if Batman is this uh, this person that was responsible for torturing and, and hurting Croc, that he's still a human being and doesn't deserve to to be killed. So. Yeah, it's it's not a huge role, uh, but uh, it played it played well, I'd say. Absolutely, and uh, playing Richard, sort of the de facto leader of the group, uh, is Kenneth Mars, who was uh, a really had a really kind of prolific career as an actor on on stage as well as in uh, in, in in several movies. He was actually in the uh, the Mel Brooks film, uh, The Producers, the uh, the original version of that, and. Uh, quite a bit of, uh, I believe he did a lot of other voice acting work as well. Also was in uh, Young Frankenstein and probably maybe most famously to somebody listening to this show, he also played a, a Triton in The Little Mermaid. So uh, Ariel's dad in that movie as well. So uh, a, a good deal of, of Disney and other animated uh, uh, projects to his name as well. But him playing, most of his lines are riffs on uh, various Shakespeare uh quotes as he's uh, he's established that's sort of his uh, his gimmick to the point where croc tells him to stuff the shakespeare <laughs> at the end of the episode but uh, that's kind of a again a fun little side character and you get that that sense of sort of warmth and, and understanding so again uh, with limited uh, with limited lines and limited screen time i think he uh, he certainly maximized his uh, his minutes so to speak no, I, I agree completely. Another a good casting and he was, did exactly what he was asked to do. So I, I'd say uh, I agree with that. Absolutely. And then our, our last two members of the, uh, the circus crew, we have Whit Hertford as, uh, as Billy the Seal Boy, who had a lot of, was one, it's an interesting thing if you look at his, uh, his IMDb because he has a whole bunch of things that he acted in as a kid, other voice acting and live action. He was on Full House for a couple of, episodes but and then there's nothing until like 2010 when i guess he he got back into the business as an adult but uh, has a lot of uh, acting and writing credits to his name actually and has done a lot of voice acting as well since then but uh, you know we always talk about that he's probably of the uh the circus folks he's he has the most to do because he's the one as you mentioned that kind of gets gets the most time with croc throughout the episode and, you know, we always talk about how it can be a little bit of a gamble when you're hiring a, a kid actor. Uh, but I, I think he does a good job. It almost feels like to the point where he's so like innocent and and uh, and kind of naive that it almost feels like you've dropped into a Disney movie when he's talking. Uh-huh. I, I wholeheartedly agree. It's we didn't talk about his the way that his 
he has these sort of doe eyes, very much a, mm-hmm. a, a riff on Dis- on a Disney type character. But yeah, it's definitely he. I, I think he does a fine job. He he plays a, a, a child and he sounds like a child act like a good child actor. I didn't think there was anything bad about his performance. But uh, yeah, with combined with the visuals, it definitely feels a little bit different than you would expect from a Batman the Animated Series episode. So yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there. I think it's a good performance, but uh, yeah, maybe maybe just a little weird with the the way that the character itself is presented. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And then uh, playing Goliath, of course, we save him for last. Uh, the great Brad Garrett returning here, uh, famous for Jimmy John's commercials, and uh, and uh, <laughs> of course most fam- more more famously for uh, Everybody Loves Raymond, and of course in the DCAU he goes on here to play uh, Lobo and Bibbo and a couple other characters throughout the uh, the various DCAU shows that would follow. But here we see his uh, his first foray into the DCAU, and you know he plays a a big dumb guy so uh he you know he's it wouldn't be the last time mr garrett was called on to voice a character like this we'll just say that yeah absolutely yeah not not a whole lot for him to do but i do love i love the line where he blurts out the 50 grand and uh (laughs) and uh yeah he, he he unfortunately doesn't have as much to do as we see later on down the line uh you know his roles as a uh, kilowog or or of course as lobo but uh yeah this was a nice little introduction the initial role for him and in, uh in, in the dcau and we know that he's got plenty more legendary uh things to come up on his in the future there so yeah pretty uh pretty pretty minimal role for for a person that we know is uh is a solid actor absolutely and then of course finally in our guest cast we have the returning aaron kincaid as killer croc and uh yeah it's interesting because again in his other appearances he is usually kept to something even in his first solo episode you know croc himself doesn't really speak in his own voice until very late in that episode from memory so it was interesting here you have a lot more time with him and him interacting with all these these wacky circus folk so it uh, it's interesting to see wow it must have been tough to keep that voice up for that long so tell us friend from whence do you hail uh see i was part of this freak show same as you only they kept me chained like an animal day and night forced me to live in a tank made me do tricks how awful jerks yeah, uh, they fed me fish heads and stale bread. When I tried to get away, they worked me over pretty good. Put me in chains. Ugh. Don't worry. Nobody will find you here. Haven't seen a soul since we moved in. That's good. Real good. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's almost too much dialogue because I think by the end of the episode, I was, I was, uh, I was ready to, for crack to be captured. It was just a, it's just a little <laughs> too much. Like I remember growing up as a, I, I kind of agree. Yeah. <laughs> I remember growing up as a kid, Crocs, Crocs voice being one of my favorites. I would try and impersonate it. And, you know, it's a, it's definitely a unique voice, but boy, man, by the end of this episode, there's, there's so much crack, even with that five minute, break with no dialogue at all there is still so much killer croc dialogue that it just feels 
it feels a bit too much for me. So I was ready for him to stop talking pretty much at the end of the episode. Um, I do think that the probably the most poignant little bit of dialogue happens in the, in the final scene, uh, which is between him and Billy, as we mentioned, and that uh, that adds a little bit of, of, of tragedy to the to the episode for on behalf of Billy and the, the rest of the circus crew. But yeah, I uh, I was ready too much crock. That's that would be my headline <laughs> for this one. Too much crock. Uh, yes, a lot of a guy who's doing a gimmick voice, and uh, it's it's just a little too much. Yeah, like I said, I think there's there's a reason that his his future and and past appearances in this series are are kept to sort of more uh, more simple and 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 short scenes. Whereas here he's he's really the main character of the whole episode. Like we said, there's a couple of little cutaways to uh, you know the Batman climbing up the cliffs or or, or whatever, but there's not a lot of. Di- dialogue so it's mostly croc interacting with the other uh you know with the other guest cast here so it's it's a lot and it's you know everything he says is in that one is in that one tone of voice because of how sort of crazy this voice is and i think it works and you know we talked about it i'm sure in in the first time we talked about croc but it it fits that character design really well but yes him being the main focus of an episode and being uh, you know and talking uh, being sort of the predominant talker for the episode is it's a little bit much, um, but, uh, you know, and of course, then we have Kevin Connery's Batman, who, as as stated, doesn't have a lot to do in this episode. So it really is the croc show. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, we get a little bit of of uh, of Batman interacting with croc on the, the train. And then we get Batman interacting with himself uh, on his uh, his attempt to uh, to track croc down. And then we have a little bit of. Batman interacting with Brad Garrett and uh, or, or Kevin Conroy interacting with Brad Garrett. And then it's more, it's more Batman and Croc. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's not a lot for Kevin Conroy to do. I think uh, a little bit more dialogue uh, on, on his, uh, on his end or, you know, ability for him to kind of balance out the amount of Croc that we get for the episode probably would have lifted my score a little bit. Um but uh, yeah, it's definitely not his fault. He just doesn't have a ton, ton to do. So that's kind of why I'd say my, my score ended up where it is, which, uh, which is, again, it's not, I don't think it's an indictment on anybody that was cast in the show. I just think that the amount of dialogue required uh, from, from Killer Croc created this dynamic where I was, I was just not, by the end of the episode, I was, I was done hearing voices. I was hoping that we could get maybe another five minute segment where there's no dialogue. So, uh, <laughs> I ended up giving voice acting a, uh, a five out of 10. Yeah. I, uh, I ended up giving it the exact same score once again, not, uh, <laughs> not surprising. We've had a lot of, uh, uh, direct correlation there, but yeah, like I said, I, I don't think anyone's they're doing, everyone is, is doing what's asked of them in, sure. uh, in this case. So I don't think it's an, it's not, it's not Mr. Kincaid's fault, but yeah, I think that voice just, as it turns out, it works better in small doses. And, uh, and we, we found that out the hard way here. So uh, yeah, that uh, that brings uh, both of our voice scores to five out of ten. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, I guess we can start totaling things up here at the end of our scores, totaling everything. Oh, well, we have a uh, before we do that, we get a oh a double bonus score. So uh, one from one from each of us, I suppose. So 
Uh, I will uh, I will give you mine, um, and uh, that uh, is actually the first thing that you see once you play this episode, and that is the uh, the title card. Uh, this to me is one of the classic Batman animated t- uh, series title cards. When you say sideshow, I immediately remember the 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 silhouette of Croc's hand hanging there with the uh, the handcuff broken handcuff hanging off of it and then the uh the in the background you get the the circus cage uh and then the the very the classic circus font with the the title sideshow coming across it uh, what a tremendous tremendous piece of artwork uh man mm-hmm. love it so much it's just it's one of the ones that you remember that i remember and that i will remember uh until i'm no longer here so uh, <laughs> big uh, big fan of of sideshow's uh, title card there definitely worth a, a bonus point in my book absolutely i mean we we talk about that and it's one of those things where i don't necessarily feel like you once we get to superman and the later shows i don't necessarily feel like i miss it but then you go back and you know just the the work that went into so many of these title cards by uh, i think eric radomsky is responsible for if not all most of them including this one here and it's just yeah it's it's fantastic really sets the tone there and you know you, you introduce that little musical sting and you see that the you know the hand with the little circus cage off in the in the distance there it's it's fantastic yeah man and uh, that moves us over to my bonus point which is uh, for that opening sequence, as we talked about here, when uh, when Croc is sort of being taunted by the the prison guards in the train, and he alerts them to the the strength of the crocodile's jaw, and you get this really close up picture, and he's kind of baring his teeth, and uh, and then you know sort of slowly raises up his 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 chained wrists and bites through the chain. I will go on record, and this might be. Maybe this is hyperbole. I'm I'm known for that a little bit, I think, <laughs> at times here. I think that is like one of the most iconic shots in the whole series. It's really I think uh that I and it might it might also come down to there was a set of adventures in bat of Batman and Robin trading cards. By Skybox. Uh, that's right. And it was, you know, just not particularly well done uh, screenshots of different uh different episodes uh, uh not too many of which we have reviewed yet but one of the episodes they took uh the trading cards from was was this episode and one of the cards is is croc with baring his teeth with the chains kind of coming up towards his mouth and so that's like that's an image from this series that has been burned in my brain since i was a child and and reliving it here i was like gosh that's so eerie and and the way he's sort of you know talking slowly he has this real angry look in his eyes and he slowly brings it up he really does you really do get the the more of the monster side of croc like he's a horror movie villain or something in that moment so i think that's one of not not just one of the not just the best shot or the best visual moment in this episode i think it's the one of the best visual moments in the entire series wow yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with you that it is instantly memorable for all all of the reasons that you just stated. But yeah, it's it's incredibly well animated. You get the the bite and then the ch- pieces of the chain breaking off and shooting out. And it's that up close shot where it's is really only his eyes to the maybe just below his bottom where his bottom lip would be. And uh, it's it's just it's incredibly cinematic. It, it works incredibly well animated really well. The sound uh 
the sound effects that come along with it done really well. So yeah, I, I agree with you. And it and it really kicks off the entire episode and and uh, and and really tells you a lot about this character being a, a vicious physical threat to uh, whoever he's around, including our Dark Knight. So yeah, I agree with you. That's a uh, that's a great bonus point, Liam. Absolutely. All right, Liam, let's uh, let's total our scores up and uh, totaling up everything at the end now, including my bonus point. I end up with a, a 27 out of 40. What about you? And I am just one point lower at 26 out of 40. All right. So uh, this is an interesting one to discuss rewatchability, Liam. We, it's, it's a returning guest. It's a returning uh, villain. Uh, now, most of what happens here in this episode does not impact the greater Batman, uh, the animated series timeline. It doesn't necessarily impact the entire show. But uh, Croc isn't done here. He pops up again uh, at least a couple times. And so uh, where does this land for you? Is this, a, is this a need to watch? Is this a, this a good old fashioned one thumb up? What do you rank this? Yeah, it's, it's tough for me. I think because it's such a unique setting for an episode and there's so many cool visuals as we've just been talking about for the better, you know, a better part of an hour. Uh, I think it, it gets one thumb up for that. And yes, it's a returning villain. It's, it's really the last like big spotlight Croc gets, at least in the original series. He does pop up a few times in the new Batman adventures. But as far as this original iteration of Croc, it's, it's kind of his last hurrah here. So um it's it's fun to see him get the spotlight again even if the the voice acting performance maybe grates on you by the end um so i i, th- I think we can give this one thumb up uh, as far as like yes as far as consequences for croc or for or for the larger batman show or or the dcau as a whole not really much uh, if any meat on the bone in that department but yeah i think we can give this one thumb up just for the uniqueness of the episode yeah, uh, I could I could take that. Yeah, um, I think I think that that argument could definitely be made for the for the episode. So um, it is it is sort of the uh, a, a reoccurring character. And if you're a Killer Croc fan, or if you just you want some some fantastic visuals, as you mentioned, I think that's a that's a that's a good reason to to say this is one thumb up. But if you're looking at at just the uh, the the most important episodes or the episodes that you're going to come back to over and over again. Eh, I'd say you could skip it. So that's why we're sitting on that, that fence. We do a great job of sitting on that fence with <laughs> one thumb up there. Eh, we're not going to not recommend it, but we're not going to recommend it either. Exactly. <laughs> Precisely. All right, Liam. Well, that will begin to wrap us up for this week. One thing you can do is not sit on a fence and support us if you'd like to. Uh, you can check us out and support us in several different ways. The easiest ways to do so are to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all the major ones, go ahead and subscribe to us on there. You can leave us a review if your app allows you to do that or give us a five-star review. We greatly appreciate that if you do that. Uh, and then uh, you can also send us uh, send us your thoughts on this week's episode and other episodes, anything else DC-related via Twitter at DCAU Review or via Instagram at DCAU Review. Interact with us there. Uh, check out that, uh, that promo from this week. I, I love those Fox promos so, so much. They're, I love that they live on in, uh, in, in, in the internet age here on youtube i wish i uh, wish we had all of them in, in high definition but uh, beggars can't be choosers those are some some great pieces of of my nostalgic childhood history there so uh you go, check those out you can check them out liam does a great job uh of uh of, of 
helping us out there with our Instagram. So head on over to Instagram, check out that. You can also support us via the link at the bottom of our anchor.fm page. If you want to uh, support us monetarily, you can also head over to dcaureview.com, check out the shop and uh, get uh, get yourself a piece of merch or uh, wait, wait a couple of weeks and uh, we'll probably tell you that there's a sale going on. So, uh, you know, follow us at DCAU Review if you want to know when the next sale happens. But those are some ways to support us. You can also, of course, subscribe to the YouTube pod tower, youtube.com slash the pod tower. And uh, that helps us out also. So you can subscribe to that channel, like our videos when we post them, even if you don't consume your podcast that way, uh, head up there, like our videos, give them a view or two. We appreciate it. And uh, Liam, we are, uh, we are somehow winding things up this this uh, next week uh, for our, our 30th anniversary month. And we've got uh, we've got more than one 30th anniversary to celebrate this month. And we're going to uh, to highlight that or should I say put a spotlight on that next week. Ooh, nice, nice wordplay transition there, Cal. Yes, that's right. We are bringing back our, our character spotlight series. And, uh, and this week, it'll be, uh, as you said, Cal, tying in with not only the 30th anniversary of Batman the Animated Series, but with the 30th anniversary of one Harleen Quinzel, who uh, is celebrating her 30th anniversary this year as well. Uh, you know, just recently, there was a, uh, a DC comic book special that came out with a bunch of different uh, great variant covers, including one by Bruce Timm, uh, celebrating Harley and her, her many forms over the years. And uh, we thought it would be fun to take a look back. This will be volume one. We're not going to attempt to uh, encapsulate her entire DCAU trajectory here <laughs> in one episode. But for thank goodness. Um, but uh, but for volume one here, we will be looking at uh, several very notable appearances from uh, from Joker's favor, her very first appearance all the way through to her first team up with uh, Poison Ivy and a couple other highlights as well along the way. Plus, we'll look at maybe some tie in comics and uh, and some some merchandise that she got made out of it. So always those character spotlights are always a fun trip down memory lane, not just for the episodes themselves that we've uh, may have already reviewed in full, but also just looking at the, uh, the impact that a character like Harley has had in a relatively short amount of time. Absolutely, yeah, 30, I mean, 30 years feels like a, like a long time when you write it down on paper, but uh, man, what a, uh, what a time, what a time to be alive and realize that uh, if, if that's a long time and that's, that's, uh, that I'm, that I'm really old. So I'll just <laughs> pretend like it's not a long time, 30 years for a character gotta love it but uh, yeah it's gonna be an exciting time to celebrate and check out that spotlight uh, volume one of harley quinn coming next week on your favorite podcast app wherever you listen to your podcasts but until then i'm cal and i'm liam and we will talk to you on the next episode of the dcau review Bye bye <laughs>